the dreaded topic of time management. How do people manage their time wisely and efficiently so they are able to stay focused and scale their businesses? Guys, I'm going to dive into how we all have the same 24 hours in the day. You have the same 24 hours that Elon Musk has, which means he's figured out how to use his 24 hours quite wisely. And there's no reason why you can't replicate that in your own freelancing business. Let's do it. Hey guys, and welcome to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. I'm Alex Fasulo, your host, six-figure freelance writer, serial entrepreneur, Fiverr Pro seller, and digital nomad. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about working for yourself online as a freelancer today. I've been freelancing for over six years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. All right, today I'm going to talk about a highly, highly requested topic everywhere I go, whether it's Instagram, meeting people in person, Facebook DMs, my Facebook group. Everybody always wants to know about my time management hacks and how I stay focused. And, you know, I used to think that this was not an interesting topic because I would I would think, oh, talking about how I stay focused, who wants to hear about that? But the the longer I've been in this game, the more I've realized that that is exactly what separates me from other people doing this. That's how I'm able to do four plus business projects a day is, you know, how I manipulate the same 24 hours that I'm given compared to what other people do with their 24 hours. So I always like to talk about how, you know, I think time is a really cool kind of energy or commodity in our world because we all get the same amount every day. It, it's equal. I, I get 24 hours, you get 24 hours, the person across the street from me gets 24 hours and nothing, no one can change that. No one can take that time from you. You are allotted those same 24 hours every day, not to get spiritual by God, but you know, you get those same 24 hours that I get that Elon Musk gets. And clearly Elon Musk has done quite a lot with his 24 hours. And, you know, I probably do more with my 24 hours than somebody who is, you know, working just a plain 40-hour work week or whatever it is. And it's not a competition, what everyone's doing with their time. But in this podcast, I'm just going to break down, you know, my view of time and what I do with it and, and how I believe I stay focused to help everyone listening. If you need a little, you know, advice or encouragement to use your time more wisely. So like I said, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's an equalizing metric. What we do with those 24 hours is up to us. That's why I don't necessarily drift towards ever pitying people or buying into, you know, victimhood. I believe, yes, there's many different circumstances in our lives that dictate where we are today, but we all get the same 24 hours and how we choose every morning to wake up and use that 24 hours is completely up to us, no matter what has happened to us in our past and what's going to happen to us in our future. So I think viewing time in that kind of way is a very positive and productive way. I think loathing time and finding it to be stressful or anxiety inducing is going to automatically guarantee that we aren't good with our time or that we are angry towards it and then we're going to end up not maximizing it and seeing it for a positive force that is a very equal one that's my two cents on time but you know i I would say for me maximizing productivity and my time has always been a part of me even when i was a little kid you know when i was like six years old i was 
going to school, horseback riding, and also finding ways to make money. My mom said I would make little jewelry pieces and try and sell them to my mom's friends. So I'm just, I'm sharing that background to tell you guys, you know, I do believe there is nature versus nurture in all of this. And I do want to be fair and share with you that there were signs of me being a very efficient time manager, even as a child. (laughs) But, you know, that doesn't negate all of the work that I've put into my focus and time management today, which I'm going to dive into now. But, you know, I've, I've always worked hard to advance myself. I've never understood the C's get degrees mindset when people would say that people I knew who were very smart, you know, well, C's get degrees. Why should I apply myself? I've, I've never understood why that makes any sense or why that would make you a smart person. That's just my philosophy on it. If you're given 24 hours, you know, why wouldn't you use them to your fullest extent. Otherwise, what are you doing on this planet? You know, what's your aim? Just to skate by, just to be mediocre, just to do the bare minimum so that nobody notices you? I mean, that's a whole nother psychology element. Why don't you want to be noticed? Is it fear of failure or is it fear of success? A lot of people are actually afraid that if they try this, it will be successful for them and there will be attention on them. And that's all things that I think everyone needs to spend time unpacking. If you feel any kind of barriers against yourself when you're getting started doing this. There shouldn't be any. You should feel excited. And, you know, if you are suffering with any of these psychological feelings right now, take a moment, pause, and and maybe unpack them and you'll see, you know, it's going to open up a lot of doors for you in every aspect of your life if you're kind of hanging on to these preconceived notions or traumas from your life. But I won't turn into therapist, freelance fairy yet. This podcast will get crazy down the line once I get all these topics done, I promise. But okay, so when I started Fiverr and it blew up, I was only 22 years old. I was certainly ill-prepared to manage that kind of business at 22 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't go to school for business. I didn't have any fancy training. I didn't have an MBA, nothing. So, you know, I tried out this Fiverr thing and it started to take off and I was freaking out. I was doing 16-hour days at one point and I knew, I was like, I'm going to burn out at this. This is unbelievable. Like, I can't do this. I can't start working at 7 a.m. and keep working until midnight every night. Like, this is not going to work for me. And I remember I would freak out and be like, oh, my God, you know, am I cut out for this? I would have these self-doubt moments. Like, I can't even manage a little Fiverr business. What's wrong with me? And I'm just sharing that because if you guys have those feelings, I don't want you to feel guilty about them. But, you know, I, I was freaking out and I was asking people in my life for advice. I asked my mom, And she gave me really good advice. And she said, well, if you have 16 hours of work every day, it means you should raise your prices. And that was actually the first time that I had heard that. And I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. If I double my prices, I'll probably cut the clients I have in half. So I'll be doing less work, but making the same or even more money. And I was a little stubborn to do this at first. I waited another, you know, six months. And then I finally caved because I was working really hard. So I did that. I raised my prices. I offered longer orders. You know, many of my orders were based on these really short turnaround time gigs that were stacking up in volume. So I started adding on, you know, hey, instead of a 500 word blog, I can do a 2000 word blog, but it's going to have a longer timer. So I mixed both raising my prices in with longer orders. And of course, mother's no best. It worked. I lost some of my clients, but I also gained ones that were looking for even higher quality content along the way. So I, I started to shave down working 16 hour days back down to 12 at least. And I was making more money. So I was maximizing my time. I was taking that 24 hours and I was managing them more efficiently than I was a few months prior. And that was the first time I kind of self-corrected my time management and 
once I saw like how powerful that was and how much power I have over my times, I, I think we all default to feeling like, oh, it's out of my control or like, you know, oh, you know, there's nothing I can do or that victimhood sounds bad, but it's like defaulting to, oh, everything's out of your control is a bad way to be with all this because it's actually not. And you actually have a lot of control over your day, even if there's some things you can't, you know, control with another person or whatever. You have a lot of control over your business. So at 22, I got a taste of what that was like. And naturally, anytime you get a taste of both making more money and minimizing the time you're putting into things, you get addicted. <laughs> and I know for me, that's a very addicting feeling that I crave all the time. I, I'm not doing this to be like, oh, look at how much money I made. I'm doing this because it's a challenge and it's a battle with myself every day. And it's almost like a puzzle. Like, how can I spend less time but make more money? So once I got that taste of maximizing my time, I wanted to do more things to help me maximize my time because I realized, you know, I was maybe like we're, we're more of a time bender than we realize. And anyone who likes Avatar The Last Airbender will appreciate that dorky reference right now. <laughs> so here, guys, I'm going to give you a list of four things that I started to do after I discovered that we have more control over our time than we think. And these are all things that help me stay focused today. And I know that a lot of you want to hear them or, or want to think of ways that you can stay focused too. And I get it. So anyone who watches my videos knows how much I am a proponent of waking up earlier. I find that if I get up at 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m., I'm not, I'm not over here getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. Like, I'm, some people who do that, that all, kudos to them, but, like, I'm not saying do that either. But if you get up at 6 a.m., you have more time ahead of you that day to get your projects done, which means you're going to be less worried about meeting the deadlines. If you're going to roll out of bed at 10 a.m., you now have three and a half less hours than I do to fulfill your orders, which means now your work's going to be cutting into 6, 7, 8 p.m. at night, which means you're not going to be able to do a social thing or eat dinner with people or go out to eat if somebody invites you. And that's where, you know, the work-life balance comes into this. You don't want to cut into your ability to also have a life outside of this. It's definitely all about balance. So wake up earlier. I don't care if you're a morning person or not. I'm convinced there's something in everyone to be a morning person if you force yourself to. I know my little sister used to sleep in a lot and used to say, oh, I'm not a morning person. And then her personal training business took off. And now she gets up the same time I do. And I can tell she loves it. I can tell it makes her happier, makes her feel more productive. And I think that holds true for every person, regardless of when your clock is. If you're a night owl, that's fine, but you still should get up early. And that's merely because it gives you more time during the normal work hours of the day to satisfy your clients and get their work done. Most people by 6, 7 p.m., if they have families, they sign off. They're not there. So if you're doing their work at 9 p.m. and you need all these answers from them, they're not, they're not home, you know, to give them to you. So you still need to respect that 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. workday. Like, you need to be available during those hours, even if you're a freelancer. And I think that's kind of the romanticism of working for yourself is it's a free-for-all, but it's not at all. There's a lot of similarities to working a normal job, and you have to be serious and professional about it. The only difference is you get, you can do it from anywhere in the world and you can, you know, manipulate your schedule as you get much better with focusing and time management, but don't get there yet until you feel like you really have a hold on all these things. The next thing is, you know, turn off your distractions. A big one is social media. So on my laptop, I do not have my social media apps on it. The only one I have is Facebook because I do business on Facebook with my Facebook group. So I treat that as an actual component of my business day. But everything else is on my phone, 
which sometimes if it's too alluring, I will put in the other room for three or four hours at a time. So make sure you have social media separated from what you're doing every day. You know, you could use social media on a break. If you take a break every hour and you want to check your social media, that's fine. But you can't have your phone flipped up right next to your computer with every notification you get coming in. It's going to be distracting. And social media is one of the biggest distractors in the world. And it can really cut into your productivity if you let it. Many people say, you know, hey, get up at 5 a.m. and don't look at social media until 7 a.m. It really helps unlock your creative side of your brain. That's on my to-do list to check that out because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it does. So anything that's a distraction to you, whether it's, I don't know, like a, a person, maybe your roommate comes in too much, maybe talk to them, lock the door and say, hey, from these hours, like I can't talk. Don't apologize for being focused. And that's something I had to learn along the way. There's going to be people and things in your life that want to pull you from this focus and don't feel bad when you say, sorry, I can't or not today or not this time or no, I can't get lunch. I have a full work day like any other person. That's okay. Don't don't apologize for that. I mean, you don't have to say it like that meanly, <laughs> but don't apologize for being, you know, a boss, basically. Okay, the third thing I recommend for staying focused and not burning out and everything is safeguarding hobbies that don't earn you money. So I have a bunch and people always ask me, how come you don't charge for your photography? And if you follow me on Instagram, you see I love to take photos. And I'll say, you know, I don't want to make money from everything in my life. That isn't the end game here is money, money, money. No, like I I don't need to make money from my photography. In fact, not making money from it makes it this really amazing creative outlet for me that nobody can control. So when I deliver writing every day, the client reserves the right to say, I hate this or change this. And that's because they're paying me. If somebody did that with my photography, it would break my heart. I'd be like, I wouldn't want to hear it. It wouldn't be a hobby for me anymore because now I'm trying to meet somebody else's expectations of what my creativity should look like. So I have these things that I do as hobbies that I keep to myself and I don't sell or anything. So right now I'm making jewelry out of shells. I'm going shelling. Obviously, I've exercised in there every single day. My photography, I have a few other things I want to get into this year. I've started going to a gun range. I bought a gun. And I've been having fun shooting at the gun range. That's an expensive hobby. Not only does that not cost anything, that one takes a lot of your money. I want to get into golfing this year. And I also want to get into planting fruit trees. So I'm going to buy some books and just start reading about botany, I guess, because I want to. I just want to learn about it. All of these things, I'm not making money from them. And that's so important that you keep some of those things to yourself. So if you wake up at 6 a.m. and you hit it really hard until 2 p.m., you already did your eight hours. Go treat yourself for an hour or two to doing one of these creative hobbies that you don't charge for and nobody has any control over. Go allow your brain to calm down. That's often what I do between two and four every day. I will go do these creative things because I find that it helps me come up with my best business ideas and it helps me refocus. And then maybe at like 4 p.m. I'll sit back down and do another three hours of work and then call it a day. And, And that's how it works for me. It might be different for you. Maybe you take your creative break from 11 to noon. Maybe you get it all out in the morning, whatever it is, but just make sure you keep, you know, some hobbies to yourself that you're not charging any money for. It's so important that you still act like a normal human being that isn't making money sometime of the day. And I think this helps you refocus yourself, recenter yourself so that when you do get back to work, you're more focused on the task at hand and managing your time and making money than you were before you got up. That's like a key tip of mine. And the last thing I have here might sound self-explanatory or like common sense, but, you know, it's true. I picked things that I was passionate about doing for a living. So I've always liked to write. 
I've never considered myself Shakespeare and I never considered myself, you know, the most prolific writer of our time. And I still don't. I see myself as a very efficient writer. I see myself as someone who is willing to read directions and get the writing done well with proper grammar and spelling. I don't see myself as the visionary and the writer to end all writers, you know, and that's okay. But I, I knew about myself that I liked to write. I would write poetry when I was little. I picked a major in college, political science that involved a lot of writing. I've always liked writing. It's never bothered me. So when it was time to start this freelancing business, I was like, all right, I almost have a chance to do over my life here. What do I want to do with it? And, you know, that was the thought I had to myself, like, hey, I don't have a boss telling me what to do anymore. And the job that I had just quit, you know, they had me doing account management work, which I'm so bad at and I hate. I was like, I never want to do that again. What do I like to do? And I was like, well, I, I like to write. So I guess I'm going to do that. You know, I never in a million years thought I could make the money I make at writing. That wasn't why I picked it. But ironically, when you pick something you're passionate about that you don't mind pouring all of your time into, it ends up making you the money I'm making or more. I, you know, I'm not a seven-figure earner. I'm working on it. I'm a six-figure earner. But it's oftentimes, you know, chasing the dollar won't get you the dollar. Chase your passion and the dollar will come. Someone should quote that and put that on a t-shirt. I would wear it. But you have to quote me under it. You have to give me credit. <laughs> I picked something I was passionate about doing for a living. It was writing. For some people, it's graphic design. For some people, it's tech work. For some people, it's organizing data. I know people who love to do that. If you're doing something you're passionate about, you don't mind working 10 hours a day. It's not this big, laborious task that makes you miserable. You don't hate it. It's your passion. And writing has always been my passion. So I've never felt like any of this is a chore. You know, you get to pick what you love to do. So I wake up every day happy. I'm excited to go do what I do for a living because I actually like to write. So this is, a, you know, it's an amazing thing. You get to reinvent yourself right now. You get to do what you actually want to do. There is no boss telling you what you have to do. That is what is so amazing and addicting about this. So take your time Write things down that you love to do. Explore your passions. Don't worry so much about the money part of it. It will come. I mean, we live in a world where there is an 8 billion person marketplace online today, which is why when people are like, oh, aren't you worried about saturation? Do not get me started on that. 8 billion people are online. Okay, maybe not all 8 billion, whatever. 5 billion people are online. That is more people than you could even actually understand or comprehend. Don't worry about picking something too niche or picking something too weird. There is a market for it. I have seen people become millionaires based on the weirdest stuff, like specifically selling avocados to artisan markets or sending math tutors you know, to homes. I mean, don't worry about if you think it's lucrative or not. I, in a million years, never thought six years ago that being a writer was lucrative. I mean, if anything, being a writer comes with this connotation that you'll always be poor or a starving artist. And when I started writing, that is what a lot of people whispered, like, okay, writing, well, you know, clearly she doesn't care about making something of herself and look where I am now. So, you know, please do something you're passionate about. If you're actually passionate about it. It'll be much easier to manage your time. It'll be much easier to stay focused because you actually like what you're doing every day. All right. That brings me to kind of like my closing thoughts here and like the final part of this chat. I know for me, staying focused is always a work in progress. I would never say like, oh, you've achieved your focus, you're done. That's not how it works. Staying focused is always a work in progress. It's always something you have to stay on top of. Your life will change. 
maybe you get married, maybe you have a kid. I mean, you know, staying focused while having a kid is I'm sure not easy. I wouldn't know. Hopefully yet. Maybe that'll change at some point in the next 10 years. Would love to have children. But, you know, staying focused is a work in progress. Like everything, you can't just hang it up and close the door. You have to be very conscious of it every single day. Very aware of if new distractors have come into your life, how you can contain them, maintain them, move yourself into a new location every day. I know for me, Right now, I, you know, my whole family, we kind of got up and moved to Florida. So I'm kind of just bouncing around the state right now, looking at homes to buy, but I'm being picky and I want the right home. And right now I don't have the peace and quiet to record a YouTube video. So I'm recognizing that I have a distractor in my life when it comes to YouTube. And I'm going to actually today look up co-working spaces in Fort Myers that have those kind of like filming rooms. So, you know, I'm, I'm being proactive about staying focused and I'm recognizing that new distractors have come into my life. So do this, you know, every day, like you, you have to be selfish about your focus when it comes to your work. You have to also explore yourself and what works for you, what times of day you're more focused when you have your best thinking times. Like I said, mine are undoubtedly in the morning. It's 8.15 a.m. right now while I'm doing this. I know for some people recording a podcast at 8.15 a.m. would be the worst thing they ever heard in their life. And that's okay. If you know that from 2 to 5 p.m. is when you are at the top of your game, good. Recognize that about yourself and make sure every day between 2 and 5 p.m. you are in a situation where you can pour all of your focus into your work and no one is distracting you. So if someone wants to do something at 2, be like, no, sorry, I can't. That's when I'm at my peak focus. I don't know. You could say it like that. They might say you're a freak, but you could be like, whatever, Alex told me to. (laughs) Like I said, mine's, you know, 7 a.m. to noon. I always ask people, you know, what's yours right now? Wherever you are, pause this, think about it. What is your peak focus time and build your day around it? If it happens to be 1 a.m. at night, that's okay. Kind of maybe figure out a situation where you can both be awake for that and awake in the early morning for clients. Maybe you nap during the day or you know, configure a schedule that works with when you feel your most focus. And when you uncover when that peak focus is, you know, build a schedule around it and stick with it. This is the boring part that nobody wants to hear me say because they'll see my Instagram photos or they'll see all the glorified, glamorized social media content, which we all post because it works for marketing, guys. I'm very unemotional about it. But When you find a schedule, you have to stick with it and you have to do it every day. So people think freelancing is a whimsical like adventure and it's all over the place. And in a lot of ways it is. And it's to me much more creatively satisfying and flexible than working at a nine to five. And that's essential for me. But, 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 but I have the exact same schedule I replicate every single day. Why do I do that? Because as humans, we are programmed to work better with predictability, with schedules, with routine. We're animals at the end of the day. I don't know if you have a pet. You know, your pet knows when it's 8.01 a.m. They are sitting at their food bowl. I mean, they are more, you know, tuned into the sunlight hours and everything than we are. They work by an exact schedule. I know my mom's horse, you know, if she's 10 minutes late to feeding the horse, the horse is like messed up because it knows like when it is feeding time. And all animals, we work according to these cyclical sunlight hours, time, the whole world's based on these calendars and we're no different. So we work better when we have a predictable schedule. And people might think, oh, Alex wakes up and it's a free for all. She doesn't know, you know, it's just a whole fairy adventure. And some parts of it are a fairy adventure, but my schedule certainly isn't. So I wake up at the same time every day and there's all the studies that show going to bed at the same time every day. It's much better for your health and your circadian rhythm and everything. So 
try and go to bed at the same time. For me, it's like 11.30 p.m. But I get up at the same time. I do the same thing. I get a cup of water and I go make a coffee. That's why I sound out of breath. (laughs) I go make a coffee. Sometimes I make a cappuccino. I feed my cat, make sure she's all happy. And then I sit down on my laptop by like 7.45 a.m. And then I either record a podcast, look at my emails, and then I dive right into Fiverr pretty much for the entire morning. I'll do that until about noon when I'll take my first break. I'll pause to go eat lunch. And then I'll either do one of my other businesses or I'll go work out. And this is the exact same boring schedule I do every single day. That's also why I'm able to travel as a quote unquote digital nomad because I replicate the schedule no matter where I go. So that, you know, I'll, I'll do whole entire episodes on being a digital nomad on, and why working on the road only works if you stick to the schedule. And guess what? If the time zones change, nobody cares. So next week when I go to Utah, I'm going to be on mountain time. Normally I'm on Eastern Standard Time. So I'm going to be two hours behind where I normally am, which means I'm going to get up earlier than I normally do. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. there so that I'm still able to stick with my clients and everything over here. Now, when I went to Japan, was that a challenge? Yes, it was. And I actually felt like I lost some clients by being, you know, 11 hours different to what I normally am. But I know some people who will work all night if they're in a 12 hour time zone difference and then sleep all day. So Whatever floats your boat, but the fact is you need a schedule that might sound boring. Sorry, it's true. You need the same schedule that you can bring everywhere you go and you need to build it up and it will really help you manage all of this workload. It'll really help you manage your time better and stay focused because even nine to five people understand that this kind of scheduling is conducive to our best productivity as humans. We do our best when we have scheduling embedded into our brains. So That's my two cents on time management, staying focused. I hope this helps shed some light on how I work, how I think, so it can help you guys if you're starting out or if you're feeling overwhelmed. I know I have a lot of people who come to me after they get started on Fiverr and have massive success, and they're like, oh my God, what do I do? (laughs) I don't know what to do with my time. And everything is a work in progress. Everything takes practice. I learned all of this from my own experiences, but I hope hearing me talk about them might help you avoid some of the mistakes that I made. And realize we all get the same 24 hours in a day. You know, you get the same 24 hours Kanye West does. So if he was able to use his 24 hours and turn himself into a billionaire, then there's no reason you can't manage a Fiverr business that is taking off. That's my tough love of the day. (laughs) You can, can you tell I was raised in a household where my mom said rub some dirt in it, but I'm actually glad she told me to rub some dirt in it because I think it's made me, you know, a, a lean, focused businesswoman today. So Guys, go out there, manage your time, spend some time unpacking any psychological barriers stopping you, pursue your passions, be selfish about your focus, be selfish about your time, really. I I mean, you only get 24 hours in a day, so don't let other people steal that time for you. Be focused, be passionate, pour your heart and soul into what you feel is calling you. You know, you have a purpose only you can fulfill. So with that, guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to this and I will be back next week. Bye. Bye.